Hi, I'm Andrew Piver, and this is NT News Sports Talk. On today's show, we look at the Socceroos' rocky road to qualify for Russia, discuss the first weekend of the NRL and AFL semi-finals, and also preview the season deciders in the top-end cricket and rugby league competitions. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to the show. Joining me today are NT News Sports Journos, Jack Hislop and Josh Spasaro. Guys, how are you both? Very good. As always, mate, very good. It's good to hear. Now, first up, we'll talk about the Socceroos, and after their inadequate 2-1 win over Thailand in Melbourne on Tuesday, the Australian national side must survive playoffs against Syria, and then the fourth-placed CONCACAF team in the coming months to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Guys, what are our chances? Do you think we can actually progress to Russia, or are we cooked? Uh, I think we'll definitely get through through Syria, and then it'll be tough in that CONCACAF playoff. I think uh, it'd be the USA or Honduras, and I don't see us matching. I'm not. Sh- I don't know much about Honduras, mm-hmm. but I know a little bit about USA football, and mm-hmm. they are uh, they have a much stronger squad than what we do, and more more depth, stronger league in the MLS, mm-hmm. um, and. So yeah. basically, you're basically saying we're stuffed. Well, we're not stuffed. We could go over there. It depends what type of uh, mm-hmm. tactic we're going to use over there when we go over there for the leg mm-hmm. over in America. Whether you know we go over there, play three, four, three as we've been playing, mm-hmm. and try and play that kind of expansive game, mm-hmm. playing out from the back, or we go over there, kind of you know, mm-hmm. try and try and steal the draw, get mm-hmm. a point, and then come back to Australia um, and, and get the win or vice versa, whatever whatever way it works out, whether we play here first or over there. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Postacoglu keeps his job as well because mm-hmm. they could bring in a coach like they did with Hitting back in the day, mm-hmm. um, get him in for the, the last qualifier, the last leg, the playoff, um, specifically for that game to try and get getting the World Cup because I think I was listening to some of those Fox Sports guys talk the other day they were saying um, that you know if you pay out Postacoglu sack him and then bring in a high profile guy mm-hmm. it's going to cost you a lot of money but if you don't make the World Cup it's going to cost you 70 million so 70 million is a fair <laughs> chunk of change do, do we just have to accept we just don't have the cattle this time yeah, yeah. I, I think so um, I mean you look back at uh, when was it uh, uh, way back in 2006 now, you know, that, that golden side, we were on the verge of a, a golden era. Um, we just don't have um, Australian football at the moment. It's just not as strong as, as what it used to be. So, uh, But we have the squad mm-hmm. to go over there and, you know, get a point. Get a point in the away payoff and come back here and win. Mm-hmm. If, you know, the we tactics to allow our- it. We play to our ability, yeah. and that's been the big criticism by Ange Postacogli. He's trying to get the team to play a type of football that they're just not capable of doing. I think also there was a comment made that like it would have been alright if he changed the tactics after we'd qualified mm-hmm. but he changed it halfway through I think in the fifth game of mm-hmm. qualifying it was that game, the away game against Iraq and uh, yeah, there was some part of it saying you know you don't do that, you wait until you've qualified and then you can experiment but mm-hmm. yeah, he, did it. he did it and it hasn't really worked has it they, they've, uh, they haven't, they've only lost one game since he's done it but Mm-hmm. They've had heaps of draws, I think four draws. So. He's experimented well in the past with, with uh, the Raw teams in the A-League, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, I'm with Jack. I mean, why why would he do it halfway through a qualifying campaign? Well, if we do get a new coach, Claudio Ranieri, ex-Lester 
Ex Leicester City, he, he might come he, in he and perform another miracle. His last international job was with Greece, and uh, that did not end well. <laughs> well, you see, the state of Greece is in full stop, so that country is not ending well. well I remember when Leicester signed him. When Leicester signed him, everyone was going, "What are you doing signing yeah. Ranieri?" Because he just blown it with Greece, and then uh, he goes on and wins the Premier League, so it was outstanding. <laughs> it was, and look, Australia. Look, there's certainly no guarantees to get past Syria. Um, the predicament of that country, it's obviously war-torn. It's in a horrible state of affairs. But you look at what Iraq did um, a few years ago in the Asian Cup when they won. They were coming from a similar position. Their country was war-torn in all types of strife, yet their football team was still able to perform miraculously and you know win the big game. So certainly we, we can't afford to take Syria too lightly. Uh, we'll jump to the NRL now, and semi-finals begin this weekend with some intriguing matchups to start the playoffs. Boys, is there one game of the four that you're really looking forward to? And just a reminder, we've got the Roosters v. the Broncos, Melbourne v. Para, Manly v. Panthers, and Cowboys v. the Sharks. I reckon they're all pretty one-sided. I reckon they're easy to mm-hmm. pick. You like, reckon? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I reckon all the, all the teams who are qualified mm-hmm. have the home advantage, mm-hmm. or home advantage, but, um, but they'll win. I think mm-hmm. I think Manly will beat Penrith, uh, uh, Melbourne will beat Parramatta, Roosters will beat Broncos, and what's the other one? Cowboys, <laughs> Cowboys beat Sharks. Cowboys beat Sharks. Well, the Cowboys are gone. Yeah, oh, mate, really. I mean, Sharks should win that. So mm-hmm. Manly flogged Penrith last week, but mm-hmm. um, maybe that Cowboys Sharks game would be, probably be pretty entertaining though. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. looking forward to that one. I'm looking for the Melbourne. Uh, para game. Yeah. There's a lot of spice mm-hmm. there between Craig Bellamy and mm-hmm. um, Brad Arthur, opposing uh, coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there might be might be a few little blues on the field. Uh, mm-hmm. Parramatta, exciting team uh, on the rise. Um, uh, stand in awe of what Parramatta's done this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when you look at everything that happened at the at the club last year. Uh, yeah, I mean Melbourne. Melbourne are a sensational team. So I'm just interested to see um, how far Parramatta can push them down there. And as Brad Arthur said in the uh, press conference last week after their last round win, they basically have a bit of a, a free throw at the stumps, I think is the term that he, he used. No one's expecting them to do much against mm. Melbourne, so they can go out there and you know, have a real crack. And look, he is from the Melbourne Storm system, so, and he does use some of their plays um, mm. in Parramatta. And if they play their best football, look, I just think of the performances they produce against the Broncos, um, mm. who aren't obviously quite as good as the Storm, but they played some very, very good football there. If they play their best, well, you know, maybe they can upset the Storm. And look, Roosters v Broncos. The Broncos obviously have some uh, injury worries, losing Darius Boyd on the back of losing Andrew McCulloch uh, a few weeks ago now. But I give them a bit of a chance against the Roosters. They traditionally match up pretty well against them, and they certainly have no fear playing in Sydney. Yeah, well, the Roosters haven't been in good form, have they? They've mm-hmm. been winning, but they've been uh, not playing very well. They were lucky to get over the Titans last week mm-hmm. and scrape into that second spot, which was pretty crucial considering they would have mm-hmm. had to go to Brisbane. I think mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been favourites if they yeah. rocked up to Brisbane. But playing at the SFS, they've only lost one game all year. That was against Manly in the mm-hmm. dying seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so... They should. They, you think they should win? <laughs> and are the Manly fans going to show up? No, no way. <laughs> Against the no, Panthers, coming no. from a Manly fan, <laughs> we all know uh, that no one crosses Spit Bridge to go. <laughs> I mean, really, the game should be at Brookvale Oval. Oh, we? with, I, with, we're waiting, with fourteen thousand people in uh, there, massive lines. It was funny um, on the weekend when Manly beat Penrith and locked into that um, that sixth spot and, and got the home game. Like there were people on Twitter going, you know, I'll give it 24 hours before the story's <laughs> written about Manly whinging that the game should be at Brookvale Oval. <laughs> and uh, 
Then someone went, oh, I, I pay, <laughs> I can just pay $1.50 that will be written by Bulldog Richie, which uh, usually happens as well. <laughs> it loves Brookvale, doesn't but, it? But why is it? I mean, I can understand, you know, Brookvale, you know, it's, it's a small <laughs> suburban ground, people like playing there, but, you know, you've got to try and get the bigger crowds for the semi-finals, but why aren't they travel? Is it just being stubborn? Is it just, you know, stamping their feet? And Look, I grew, up, I and... grew up in Norman Beaches. I've never been to Bondi Beach. Never <laughs> been to the Eastern <laughs> Beaches, so... That explains it, doesn't um, it? <laughs> Yeah, that, that explains it. I mean, I, I being a massive Manly fan when I was a kid, we used to go to all the semifinals. But mm-hmm. um, I think there was one year we were playing the Cowboys and there was only 13,000 at the SFS. <laughs> but, you know... You I had mean, a whole I mean, section to yourself. Some of my best memories at, at Brookville Oval were when we still had home finals there in mm-hmm. 2007, 2008. You know, mm-hmm. Played the Dragons and the Rabbitohs in back-to-back years. And I think the, the Dragons game was Steve Menzies' last game. Yeah. Yeah. And he scored a try in that one, and the oh, the atmosphere was incredible. It felt like the the whole um, oval was just kind of kind of going to mm-hmm. go bust and just break because <laughs> there was just everyone was crammed in there. But um, and the the SFS is actually not a bad place to watch footy though. But mm-hmm. you'd like a big crowd there when you mm-hmm. do. To get the most out of your experience, but it's mainly v Penrith, so that's not going to happen. So, no, but well, we, we, Penrith, we might get surprised. Do the Penrith fans travel? Man. Probably not. No, <laughs> they, they don't. They Does don't anyone go to the footy in Sydney? No, Sydney, they were just really. sitting watching TV. They should just, you know, just you know, just play it in front of just a couple of big why, screens, and that's why it. Why would you go though? I mean, you know, mm. you got to buy mid-strength beer, like six dollars yeah. fifty to seven dollars out of a plastic cup. Yeah, that's that's people's number one concern. The beer. <laughs> it is, and the pies are cold. <laughs> the pies are cold. <laughs> And apparently, there's reports out there now that the um, Sydney Football Stadium is a bit of a death trap. Who knew? It's a bit of a fire well, hazard or something. Apparently, fire that, hazard. Yeah. Apparently, there was a bit of conspiracy behind that. Yeah, uh, stadiums this, deal. Yeah, yeah, so they'd get get the upgrade first, and I think Al, <laughs> right. Alan Jones brought that to the attention of his two GB listeners, and yeah. he's uh, conveniently on the board of the SCG Trust. Yeah. Oh, I think. Well, but you heard it here first from Jack. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah, not no, first, no. but yeah, I, third or fourth relayed, time relayed by Jack. Jack retread his slot. Yeah. We're a news-breaking show here. Um, we'll, we'll jump to the AFL semifinals now. It's probably fair to say that this year's AFL competition is looking more open compared to the NRL. There's no real standout Melbourne Storm-esque team in that competition, with three or four sides probably having genuine premiership claims. Cards on the tables, guys. Who do you think will go all the way? And just a reminder, we're left with the Crows, Giants, Cats, Tigers, the Swans, the Bombers, West Coast, and Port Adelaide. Um, I've said this a few weeks ago, uh, uh, maybe me being a Sydney boy um, sort of blinds me a little bit, but um, the Swans form lately has been exceptional. Mm -hmm. Um, They just take so much momentum into the finals, Um, plenty of big game players. Buddy Franklin is an absolute freak, uh, the likes of which we'll never see, uh, possibly ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's playing, he's in the form of his life, um, kicking these blockbuster goals, you know, booting the ball 70 metres, um, mm-hmm. he's just unbelievable. Uh, and just a really work, workman-like team around him. Um, they're my tip uh, to at least be there um, mm-hmm. for the big one. Jack? Uh, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with Josh there with Sydney. I would like to see a Sydney uh, GWS grand mm-hmm. final. I reckon mm-hmm. that would be pretty good. Probably would, uh, you know, really give it a proper rivalry that, that mm-hmm. they've tried to fabricate <laughs> over a couple of years now. <laughs> um you know, if they're playing a big game, um, mm-hmm. that'd be good. But, you know, Adelaide will also be hard to beat. They've been at the top of the ladder the, the whole season. So, mm-hmm. but it'll be, yeah, and Geelong also. Mm-hmm. be a good preliminary final kind of well, week, re- I guess. I'm really hoping the Crows win because, as we all know, our boss is a big Crows fan. So, if, if they win, he'll be in a good mood, which makes <laughs> our life all a little, a little bit easier. Yeah. yeah. 
So go the Crows. Um, we'll jump to some local matters now, and it's grand final time in Darwin Premier Grade Cricket with Palmerston taking on Darwin this weekend. Josh, how's this clash shaping up? Um, Palmerston were extremely uh, impressive in their semi-final win over Waratah last weekend, uh, but I just can't go past Darwin. They're almost mm-hmm. raging hot favourites for this game. Um, they kind of just... Um, just make the final without without much fuss. I mean, a lot of talk has been about Palmerston. You know, they went into their game against Waratah, hyping it up as a grudge match, um, given a controversial uh, tie uh, against Waratah early on in the season, uh, and then just their performance uh, against Waratah was brilliant. But uh, War- but Darwin's just been going about their business all season without too much fuss. Uh, they've got plenty of big game experienced players, such as Captain Luke Shelton. Um, Brilliant young batsmen Josh Doyle and Jacob Dickman, uh, Tom Briggs, and quick bowlers Luke Zanketa and Declan Curran. So across the board, they're extremely strong. Um, yeah, I just can't, can't go past them. You know, Palmerston, though, mm-hmm. great team. Uh, 19-year-old Cole Gardner, he's a terrific leg spinner, and he's uh, uh, got a rookie contract with WA. He took five wickets against Waratah last weekend. Um, all-rounder Kieran Toner uh, was very good. He made uh, 80 and bowled very tightly, um, and obviously skipper, Palmerston skipper Alex Bleakley made a terrific uh, 100 uh, in that game, but um, just can't go past Darwin in this one. And earlier this week, the competition had their end-of-season awards, and friend of the show, Brad Schmulian, cleaned up a bit. Last night, in fact, yeah. Um, friend of the show, uh, great to see. Um, yeah, not only him being a friend of this show and uh, very well-spoken uh, We need We need friends on this show, too. <laughs> we do. Um, but uh, just he's, he's just a, a great bloke, Brad. Um, he spoke very well, uh, as he always does in his speech last night. Uh, very gracious, very humble uh, to win the award. Uh, first Waratah player to, to win the Ralph Weesey Award um, and very deserving. He took almost almost 40 wickets with his leg spinners this year and hit over 700 runs at an almost Bradman-like average of uh, almost 90. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now for, for Brad, um, you know, all the best for his future. He leaves for New Zealand next week to uh, play top-grade cricket over there and uh, chase that uh, first-class dream. Jump very quickly now to golf and the NTPGA Championship wrapped up earlier this week. Yeah, uh, just a special mention to uh, yet another young sporting gentleman, uh, Travis Smythe. Um, great guy, um, and uh, it was just great to see him him win um, the big tournament there. He's still only 22, still an amateur, uh, but he played really composed golf uh, for, for all four days and led for, for almost uh, the, the majority of it um, to win by a comfortable six shots. So a great effort from the young New South Welshman. It's a cool 150 grand, isn't it? It is, yeah. That, I mean, that's that's for the, the prize money for, for everyone, mm-hmm, but yeah. yeah, he'd get a fair chunk of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he just came back from uh, an amateur trip to America and, um, yeah, with that sort of money, um, hopefully his next trip uh, to, to the States won't, won't be as an amateur. I'm in the wrong job here. I should be hitting the greens, <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, we'll move to local rugby league now. The NRL NT season comes to a close on Saturday when brothers battle the Northern Sharks in the season decider. Jack, you've covered this competition from round one. Is it any surprise it's these two teams that are left standing? Um, yeah, it probably is yeah, at mm-hmm. the start of the season. I mean, uh, Northern Sharks, somehow they, you know, with two rounds remaining, they were still outside the top four, which is incredible considering they were always, you know, one of the best sides in the competition that they have, uh, you know, four points deducted from, from them during the season and uh, and another two for, for forfeiting a game, so that they were probably going to win. So, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, 
they are probably the best two sides. I feel sorry for Palmerston because they mm-hmm. um, were undefeated minor premiers, but you know just didn't have the cattle there in the semi-finals to to pull through. They had heaps of guys away, mm-hmm. um, and they almost won last week against the, the Sharks. I mean, it, in two minutes remaining, they were, they were winning by by two points. And uh, what actually happened was a guy, uh, the Sharks were attacking the Raiders' line, and the hooker Joey Tarawi went down um, with a neck injury and the game got stopped for about 15 minutes and mm-hmm. uh, you know it restarted on the fourth tackle and by the fifth tackle they'd, they'd gone in and scored mm-hmm. so it, it was a it was a weird end to, ending to the game but the sharks are through and they're gonna um, they also had about seven guys missing last week according to their coach so mm-hmm. they'll uh, apparently filled their strongest lineup of the season which I think is their strongest lineup um, and Brothers, they've had the week off, so they're going to be fit and firing. Um, it's a really hard one to pick. The Sharks, they've got such a big pack, with big, um, you know, Polynesian guys running mm-hmm. through the middle. Um, and Brothers, they, you know, they they can throw the ball around, or both sides can throw the ball around. But Brothers have always been, you know, they're a club known for their attacking capabilities. Um, Rodney Barber's a gun at five eight, and he's coming to his own in the back half of the the season. He'll be dangerous as well. Captain Leon Rodemar, who shifted out to the centres because um, they brought Barber into into six, mm-hmm. um, and the Sharks are you know they got the, the dangerous backs and forwards and they're they're well led by by Tommy Gunn um, in the second row and and Deborah Cook at at, at five eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a quick little nippy player who uh, who seems to sniff out a try um, most games. So. Uh, I'm expecting a few points. I'm uh, not over the top, but I'm um, expecting both teams to probably finish on between 20 and 30 points and, mm-hmm. and be quite close. Uh, that's the way I see it. Um, but yeah, it'll be a really good game and be entertaining. Um, so, you know, the Darwin people should get out there to, to Rugby Park on Saturday night and, and witness um, a great match. And, and the Sharks will be going for back-to-back premierships. So... Um, they had the experience from last year, and uh, you know they know how to win grand finals. Mm-hmm. So do brothers, but um, Sharks did it last year. So I'll end off on local basketball. Josh, what's happening in the local competition? I uh, just want to give a mention to Eagles in the Meds Championship. Um, they're playing tomorrow night against Palmerston. Should be a cracking game. Uh, reinvigorated Palmerston. Uh, they've won their past couple of games, but um, Eagles have been uh, really good the past couple of weeks without their star American guard, Anthony Golden, who is arguably the best player uh, in, in Darwin. Um, uh, they played last week with just five players, so, so no bench, and uh, they got really close to Lightning, who actually had uh, the return of their star player, Austin Kisilev, back, and they only lost by seven points. Um, the Singh brothers, Young Jordan and Stephen, uh, terrific players, Jordan's really um, taken the team on his shoulders in the absence of Anthony Golden. Um, just just being their go-to man at, at both ends of the court, uh, a real workhorse and scoring a lot of points. His game's really stepped up in, in Golden's absence. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, sensational form from him. Um, and, yeah, Eagle, Eagles, um, full credit to them, their five wins and one loss, uh, you know, despite being without Golden for, for two or three weeks. So... Uh, for me, they look like the team to beat uh, going forward. Oh, good. All right, guys, that's all we have time for. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you all next week. Thanks, mate. 
Are you ready to get an inside look at crime from someone who has investigated some of Australia's worst crimes? It was like Aladdin's cave. The luminol found bloodied footprints and bloodied handprints on a wall. So it's yeah. just like a horror movie. Former homicide detective Gary Jubilant sits down with cops, crims, addicts, victims, small-time cheats, and big-town lawyers as they tell their incredible stories. My house got raided. Next thing you know, I got bail refused. Next thing you know, I'm on a truck yeah. to Parkley Prison. Listen to I Catch Killers early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.